Good morning, good evening, everyone, wherever you're listening to us from. Welcome to the inaugural Zenith Time podcast, the Zenith Political Labs podcast that looks at some of the big themes of our time that impact our politics, economics, science, philosophy, health, security, environment, so on and so forth. Every two Sundays, we will deconstruct the trends around those themes, what's happened in the past, why are they so relevant now, and will it continue to impact us going forward? I'm with my regular co-host here, Eduardo Rovetta. Yeah, hi. Arturo Chiovini. Hello, everyone. Both fellow students of mine at ESCP who have an acute passion for politics. This week, the big theme is big tech. So with no further ado, let's get straight into it. So indeed, this week we discuss GAFAM, FANG, the Frightful Five, many acronyms and nicknames that describe the big tech companies, namely Google, Amazon, Facebook, Apple, and Microsoft. They're worth over about $5 trillion, uh, which is a lot of money, obviously. And I think there's a bit of a, a criticism around how uh, you know, large that amount of money is, how much power they have within such few hands. So we'll be talking about these companies, some of the recent um, you know, uh, controversies we may have seen around them, seeing if breaking them up could be interesting in the context of antitrust lawsuits, and really see what that could look like in the future. But before talking about all of this, I just wanted to get your opinion, guys, uh, maybe a few sentences on what you think, first of all. Uh, should they be broken up? Should they not? Um, yeah, and maybe set the scene for, for the next 20 minutes of debate. Uh, maybe, Eduardo, on your side, what, what, what do you think of the, the, the big tech? Thank you very much, Ashley. Um, my opinion is pretty simple. I don't think they should be uh, broken up, and I don't think that they should be fine in any way. And this is because uh, um, I personally think that monopolies can be healthy for the economic environment. And this is because actually uh, monopolies are the only economical uh, entities who are able to invest in, uh, in development because they are the only ones, we can say, in the market that are able to extract value uh, from their operations. And uh, uh, this investment can actually lead to improvement in technology, uh, which at the end of the day, of course, uh, uh, impact positively uh, the final consumer. Mm, very uh, interesting point of view there. Is this a point of view that, that you share on your side, Arturo? Well, first of all, I think that the big tech have brought benefit and innovation in uh, in our lives. So I think that they were useful for us, but are raising several issues that we need to, to take under consideration. They are getting enormous power and uh, the consequence is a limitation uh, to the competition, uh, sometimes a violation of privacy and tax avoidance. So I think that we need to, to act in order to, to understand uh, the problem and to, to try to solve it. Indeed, indeed. So I guess uh, uh, two conflicting, uh, well, at least, um, well, I think you, uh, you have a bit more of a, a relative point of view there, Arturo, uh, thinking about some of the other topics, the negative sides that come from them. Indeed, right. I think recently there's been a lot of talk about the big tech. It, it's hard to trace it back to a specific date. But what I find is that ever since sort of the Cambridge Analytica scandal, uh, with Facebook in last U.S. election, it's, you know, reputation has been hit, not in all the companies, not equally, but I think they've been in the news a bit more. It's become a bit more of a, uh, you know, it's, it's become more important and, uh, and relevant to politics, right? 
I think what's really escalated uh, it has been the recent talk about antitrust lawsuits, as mentioned. Quick note on antitrust laws for those listening. Um, yeah, these are really laws that have been created and have been with us pretty much since, um, well, really the creation of, or at least the move into neoclassical economics. Uh, Arturo, I think you'll confirm, but essentially designed to disable monopolistic situations, right? We'll see if, uh, if this is a good or bad thing, right? Uh, monop- monopolies could be good, uh, potentially, and, and we'll discuss this. But indeed, I think the idea is to really get healthy competition, which is, which is supposedly better for consumers because it gives lower prices, higher quality products and services, more choices, innovation, so on and so forth. Um, but looking through history, Arturo, I know you know a bit about, um, you know, antitrust. Is it something that's been used a lot in history? Um, has it been used uh, equally in industry? How would you take us through antitrust and, and what it's looked like up until now? Thank you for the for the answer, Ashley. I will try to recap a little bit the, the history of antitrust. Uh, basically, the antitrust uh, came from the common law, and the first time that we saw the antitrust was in uh, in Canada. But the first act, the first common act, is the Sherman Act uh, that was made in the U.S. in 1890, uh, and it was the first law that regulates the competition. And the first idea was to impact the rules. But the first main case that we saw, it was the one of Standard Oil, uh, where the the empire of Rockefeller was uh, divided into 66 companies, uh, and it was in 1911. Then we we had other cases, such as the American uh, tobacco, but for the first part of the the antitrust, uh, the approach was really political. Because the, um, the politics uh, thought that they were too big, those private companies were too big and uh, they couldn't face it and they had to reduce their power because it was a threat for the political power. Uh, then, in the same path, Roosevelt fought against the monopoly because his idea was to give the same opportunity to all the companies. So, uh, basically, even the small one needs to, to take part in the, in the market. And then, uh, uh, after the Second World War, we saw in Europe uh, other, other approach uh, in, uh, in this direction. The idea in Europe was the abuse of domin- dominant position. So it was quite different than the application that we saw in Europe were uh, linked with the integration between, uh, between the country. So it was something different. Last point and the last great influence in the antitrust uh, theory, it's the Chicago School of Economics. Uh, here with a, with a lot of confidence in the market and the idea of uh, efficient market uh, changed the approach of antitrust and focused more on the price. So not more in a political dimension, but an economical factor and the price was the, the point to see if the price are a factor, uh, it means that also the, the customer are affected. So that approach is progressively changing now, uh, in, this, in this moment, because we saw with the case of big tech that it's not a point of mm. price, but it's something else. You cannot just evaluate with the price, the big tech. Interesting, you know, and it's it's clearly something that's been with us for for a long time, right? Or at least something that's been on the on the cards for politicians, right? Some big cases there. 
you who who you know you're not too much of a fan of uh, antitrust i guess uh, eduardo um the la- i mean there's already been a case on big tech right microsoft uh, i think it was in the late 90s right um this was kind of the, the at least the last big case um which you're probably happy about and you're probably not too happy that it's coming back into the spotlight what, was there a particular reason that that last that microsoft case you know was one of the last big ones you know was it was it out of fashion by then yeah, I mean, um, I'm going to start uh, introducing a bit the topic. Um, yeah. We have to say that Microsoft was actually the last um, antitrust uh, uh, intervention, but also the first one uh, for work on sense, uh, big tech. Because as you said, I mean, as we all know, Microsoft uh, is one of the most, uh, the biggest uh, big tech company uh, uh, all out there in the world. And uh, actually the case started uh, uh, between the the end of the uh, 80s and uh, early 90s. And it was actually started by the Federal Trade Commission, who uh, were investigating the company uh, for uh, acting in a uh, monopoly way. Uh, This means that uh, uh, Microsoft was trying to push down the competition and was actually gaining uh, day by day a bigger amount of uh, share market, sorry, market share. And um, the, um, the whole uh, trial was then uh, carried on by the Department of Justice. But actually, uh, Microsoft was able to defend itself, uh, saying that uh, if there was uh, a monopoly, then uh, it was a, a coercive uh, monopoly. What does it mean? It means that uh, the monopoly wasn't imposed by the company itself but uh, it was uh, chosen by uh, the customers who were actually um, buying Microsoft products because they were considered better. Uh, However, we have to say that uh, um, um, Microsoft actually lost in the the first uh, trial and it was condemned actually to uh, split the company, to divide the company as uh, uh, the as uh, uh, the antitrust would like uh, to happen in current days. But uh, uh, during the second trial, this time was carried on by Microsoft. Uh, um, They decided, uh, both of the parties agreed on uh, uh, just uh, make a fine uh, to Microsoft and make Microsoft uh, uh, possible for the companies to um, work with the uh, uh, Microsoft interface. I mean, by the time um, the antitrust was scared uh, by the growing market share um, of uh, Microsoft, but uh, as we know today, Microsoft has lost the biggest part of its uh, market share yep. and is no more a, mon- a monopoly. And uh, I think that uh, this itself shows that antitrust uh, action are usually not really useful uh, for um, for the, the competition, because especially in this market where we have a, a really strong and fast uh, evolution in technology. So um, I think that, uh, I mean, following what, uh, uh, what I said in the first, in the first part, we, we will not need to do anything. Uh, I mean, the antitrust will not need to do anything mm. in relation to the GAFAM companies, neither this time. I think it was a really interesting defense that they put up, right? That the monopoly, monopolistic situation was 
it wasn't of their fault. It was from the consumer side, I guess. It was what consumers wanted. I think that's uh, pretty much what I understood. Um, and, and I think that's interesting because you didn't see many then antitrust cases uh, post that. Maybe that, that message resonated, right? And, and it, was, it was a valid message, right? A valid defense. So I wonder that what I'm thinking is that, you know, because in recent years, maybe there's been more consumer... Um, actually unhappiness towards the the big tech companies maybe is that a reason maybe that's a reason why it's come back into the picture anti uh, antitrust uh, after all i mean what do you think is it a consumer thing is it something else why has it come back into the picture today so much in the last sort of few three four years but also incredibly in the, in the last few months because I think that is changing the approach and, and how we see the, the big tech, basically. Uh, at the beginning, with the rise of big tech, uh, the second wave, so Facebook, uh, and we, we thought that it was something completely, completely free. We didn't have to pay. Now, even the approach of the customer is changing. We, we understood that we, we deliver and uh, we gave them our, our data, our privacy. And that's just, just an aspect. Uh, but the second aspect is that the, the sides, they are getting really big and, uh, it's not just a fact of competition. Uh, it is, it is because they are abusing of their competition. And I think it's fine if you, if you reach a dominant position, but if you abuse it, it's, uh, it's not fair. And, um, in general, the, the other aspect that I think it's important in this period is that if they are so big, it's easier for them to reach a tax avoidance uh, and in general uh, to to find a way that it's better better for them also also for the privacy and in general so i think that is changing basically the approach because we are realizing what is it it's it's quite different because the antitrust is something that always change in the in the history with the with the change of the economy and uh, the the tech the big tech it's a new kind of market that we still mm -hmm. need to exactly understand but um, we need to to understand how to face it uh, referring to what eduardo said uh, the recent recommendation of uh, the house of representatives was to divide the big tech that could be an option i don't think that that's the only the only option to to reduce the power but that could be the direction because it's yeah. it's a fact of power and with a lot of power in hands of private it's difficult to to guarantee a fair market indeed and it was straight back to you i mean you you don't want the companies to be broken up, um, but you know, do, do you think there are indeed negative sides to these companies that you know Arturos has you know just talked about now, or is this all you know exaggerated and actually the positives that they bring, um, you know, through the technology you were mentioning, right, the innovations, is is there more positive than uh, the negative? I don't know. How, how do you see it? Yeah, of course, uh, it is more positive than negative. I mean. Uh... Uh, when is the last time that you guys, for example, uh, went on Instagram or buy or bought something uh, from, from Amazon? I mean, without these companies, we wouldn't do, we wouldn't carry on our lives that we do. I know that this doesn't mean that we have to let them do whatever they want, but actually, I personally think that, for example, 
you actually said before that uh, customers are not happy about the behavior. But um, if customers are not really happy, why they keep using them? I mean, uh, for example, it is not true that there is no competition for these services. Amazon has a huge amount of competitors. And actually, in the US, where this this rally is uh, carried on, Amazon is not the biggest player. I mean, it has the biggest market share, but it's not the biggest player, for example, on the employee side. Walmart is is the biggest online store uh, employer in the US. So also the allegation that uh, uh, the court is carrying on are not really clear. And uh, uh, I personally think that uh, uh, if customers are not happy with the behavior, they could easily, easily... uh, move away from uh, from these uh, these companies yeah no indeed and uh, it's true there are a lot of positives as you say right and maybe there is a bit of exaggeration but uh, you know what i also wonder is i think politicians these days are, are really also exaggerating it themselves as part of their policies you know we see more and more right uh, trials um, uh, committees investigations going on into the companies it's true that they always seem to come out a bit inconclusive and uh, maybe that uh, uh, resonates with what you're saying eduardo i i, I think the two ones are coming closer and closer uh, when you look i mean one of uh, biden joe biden's um, most prominent fundraisers and advisors is the former ceo of google eric schmidt the former deputy prime minister of the UK, Nick Clegg, is now uh, Facebook's global head of affairs. The two worlds are merging. I think they, 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 they impact each other quite a lot. And do you think, Arturo, do you think this proximity and maybe the fact that they're taking so much power is why also politicians are trying to, not only in the US, but also in the EU, trying to you know, um, yeah, bring them down a level and, and remind them that they're not bigger than you know, a country or whatever? Yeah, I I think so. I think it's something uh, general in this in this period. We saw as well in this week in uh, in China uh, force with hand, but then in general with the big tech in China, the mm-hmm. government is trying to reduce uh, their their power, and it's something that yeah we can see worldwide. But yeah. referring to what like Eduardo said, I think that. Uh, the approach needs to change a little bit because you cannot just focus on the final customer and assess, okay, the final customer is happy because you need mm-hmm. to consider even uh, uh, an other market and other, um, other elements inside of the market. So uh, an overview considering the competition and considering as well the, the innovation because I... I really think that the, the big tech did a, a huge boost in, in innovation and they were really, really useful. Uh, but yeah. it's on the other, on the other hand, it's a risk. The fact that just a few company, uh, have a huge amount that could spend in research and development. It means that those company will basically conquer the innovation of the future. Uh, so we are talking about the artificial intelligence. We are talking about all those ideas that's arising in the, in this period. And if you have just a few players operating in, uh, in the market that can uh, allow a huge investment in research and development, in the future, we are going to have just a few innovation or at least a few innovation coming from a few, a few players. 
So mm-hmm. I think that again, in, in innovation competition, it's uh, in, in innovation the competition it's fundamental uh, to to for the future in general. Yeah, yeah. indeed, Eduardo. Anything to to say uh, on that? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't really agree on the fact that competition uh, boosts uh, the, the development because uh, we know that in perfectly competitive market, uh, the profit that the company is able to, 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 to gain at the end of the day are really, really low. And uh, said that they will never be able to actually invest in development and invest uh, in, uh, in actually um, making the final customer better because that's the, the final aim of every company, I think, is uh, making profit. And you make profit only, be- only if the, uh, the final customer thinks you are, you are the best. If uh, the companies are not rich enough to invest in development and uh, and all this stuff, all this stuff, they will never be able to make the final customer better. And at the end of the day, I think that everyone, I mean, at least uh, in the Western world, will be willing to pay a bit more to actually have a always better um, product, always better service that, in this case, is offered by uh, by the big tech companies. Indeed, um, it's the customer who's key, right? And I think sometimes it's important to take a, a step back. Sometimes I think sometimes the media can blow things up a little. Um, I was looking at some of the reputation scores of the big tech, right? And when you look at it, actually, I mean, okay, Facebook took a huge hit um, following the Cambridge Analytica, Analytica scandal, obviously. But, you know, if you look at some of the other ones, right? Apple, Amazon, these companies have not lost in reputation particularly Customers seem to be happy. So it's true that I think maybe, you know, there's a bit of a hype around, um, you know, if I can say it that way, around customer dissatisfaction. But actually, at the end of the day, I think, and it's what you were saying, Eduardo, customers are pretty happy. And, you know, after what you're saying, if customers are happy, basically, there shouldn't be talk of, an, of you know, any antitrust. Yes, it just... In, indeed, right. So, so yeah, I think it's, uh, it's 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 true. It's very important to take a step back sometimes um, and and see you know what exactly these companies bring. But indeed, as Arturo put forward, you know that there is such power that they have, and I think it can bring negative effects. Indeed, that has to be managed basically. But maybe something as radical as antitrust is not the way forward. And talking about the way forward, um, maybe looking the next few years, what it could look like. You probably also saw that the tech, big tech companies' stocks absolutely surged post confirmation of uh, Joe Biden uh, being, you know, the, the the future president of the U.S. Uh, probably because he has a le- less aggressive stance uh, on the on big tech companies. What do you think? I mean, do you think of these, uh, yeah, allegations, all these commissions, all of these uh, threats of antitrust? Do you think it's going to be negative for the big tech or uh, do you think we, there will be a positive outlook for them, Arturo? Well, it's not so easy to understand because, first of all, we, we need to, to understand how is going to be the, the government of Biden. But I think that the, the idea to reduce the power of the big, ca- big tech will, will stay inside of the, the government. But uh, the fact is that 
the, go- the Biden government, the forecast that we have, it's that is going to be a weak government. So uh, they, they will do a lot of compromise with the Republicans uh, mm-hmm. and uh, that will, will affect the power, the intervention against, against the big tech. So I think that the trend, it's, it's a worldwide trend. Europe, China and US are trying to reduce uh, the power, trying to, to, to fix it in some way. Uh, but uh, I think that uh, Biden's government will be weak and is going to be a huge and a long fight against the big tech. So I don't think that we will see results in, uh, in a few of years. Yeah. Indeed. And also when you think about it, you mentioned China, you mentioned Europe. Uh, there's, a, there's a strategic interest for the US to have strong companies um, operating within its, its, its territory, right? US-based big tech companies uh, having global exposure is good for the US, right? It brings jobs, it brings, uh, you know, many things, uh, some negatives, obviously, as you've pointed out. But, you know, I think a lot of the times we hear this is all a bit for, for the image, looking like a strong government, maybe Trump uh, kind of forced this through before the elections for a reason. But I think they are a strategic tool for the US to really assert itself as the dominant, you know, as always, as the dominant power uh, in the world. So maybe that's a positive outlook. I mean, Eduardo, do do you think that's the case? Do you think even with all of this, it's going to be a positive next few years for the for the big tech? Yeah, I mean, also uh, you said it brings a lot of power to the US, but uh, if we if we think in a more practical way, it brings also a huge amount of money. And uh, for example, as we saw in Europe, uh, Europe has finally started to understand. Uh, uh, the amount of money that uh, um, uh, technological companies are actually making. And uh, um, this means that uh, uh, Europe, as well as China, and uh, as well as the US, uh, will be able, I mean, will have the opportunity, if they will be able to tax uh, um, these companies that will take uh, a good amount of uh, money, a good amount of taxes they can actually reinvest uh, in, the, in the welfare or or whatever, or whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the future, uh, I see the big tech. Uh, um, not, I don't, I don't really understand. I mean, I don't really know what the what the future is gonna be, because uh, I think that the market is is that fast that uh, in five years, uh, this same. I mean, this podcast is gonna be completely outdated because maybe yeah. even the the players that we're talking about are not gonna be any more relevant. I mean, I can recall, I can easily recall. A quote from uh, just Be- Jeff Bezos, uh, was the founder of uh, of Amazon, that uh, talking to an employee said that uh, in uh, 30 years uh, he doesn't think that Amazon is going to be at the same point as it is now. Yeah. Because if we see uh, the evolution of uh, the, the biggest company in the world, they never last longer. I mean, uh, apart from uh, some exception, that is, for example, General Electric's, but they never last for longer than 50 years. And I think that this is really, really interesting to analyze. And that this is also a reason why I don't think that we have to be that scared by uh, these huge companies. Mm. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Interesting one there. Maybe some concluding thoughts on, uh, on, on your side, guys, maybe in a few sentences. But what would you, and we'll go one by one, but what would you like to see happening 
uh, in the next one, two, three, five, ten years uh, to in, in the context of the big tech? And how likely do you think that is to happen? Maybe Arturo, we'll, we'll start with you. Well, I think that, you know, first of all, now they are living an amazing period because the pandemic uh, that is affecting all the world, uh, basically rising the revenues of, of those big techs. So the particular moment, it's, uh, it's positive for the big tech. And in general, I don't see limits of the big tech. Uh, because I think that the social network will be uh, will be part of our future life, and also the approach that Amazon had uh, to to innovate and create pro new project is going to affect our our future life uh, for for many years. So um, I don't think that the big tech will disappear uh, in uh, in a few years. Uh, on on the other hand, I I really think that they will. Uh, will stay stable in that market and uh, for that reason I'm afraid that they can obstacle and uh, put some barrier to new new player possible new player and for that reason again I think that the antitrust could uh, um, could change and could uh, limit their their power yeah Eduardo your thoughts Yeah, I think that the world in the next uh, five, ten years is going to be even more linked. And uh, said so, I think that the big tech companies are going to be even more needed inside this new, uh, more linked world. Even because uh, um, I don't think that we will be able to have the same human contact with the, with the other people. And uh, as we also see, for example, in the, during this pandemic, some social media, like, for example, uh, Zoom or uh, Skype, they have uh, they've been busted by this, uh, this pandemic. And I think that uh, the big tech companies, uh, especially, for example, Facebook and Amazon, will be able to, to take advantage of the situation and uh, to... Um, make technological improvement uh, in order to facilitate this whole uh, world trend. Indeed. Well, I guess uh, wrapping it all up, I mean, whether you like them or dislike them, they certainly have brought some positives to our society. You can't take it away from them. Eduardo, you mentioned a few, but obviously some negatives. Like anything, I guess, in the world, right? But I think it depends what side you're on to see which one outweighs the other. I mean, both of you said that they're going to be here for a while, uh, whatever happens, obviously. Uh, so we'll, we'll only have to wait and see. But yeah, interesting theme to look out for. It's been with us, you know, they've existed for a while now. Antitrust has existed for even longer. We'll see how, how that happens. And then, yeah, hopefully we can uh, look back in a few years and, 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 you know, see what's happened. I'm sure a lot will have changed. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll be able to see. Thanks so much, guys, for your participation. Uh, Arturo, thanks again. Thank you, Ashley. Eduardo, thank you. Thank you. And this concludes our first podcast. Thanks very much. And uh, see you in two weeks' time for the next one. Bye.